1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast, production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And we've got a great guest today. This is actually his first time. On the power producers, but the second time that I've had the pleasure of interviewing him, and that is Philippe Charles Pierre from Semzi, and we're going to get into all the cool stuff Semzi does and how much it's changed since our first conversation. But before we get into that, let's we were he was just starting to give a little bit of a recap on InsurTech Connect, and I wanted to make sure I hit the button. So, talk a little bit about what it was like out at ITC coming back and getting back into the groove today.
2: Yeah, no, ITC was really great. It it, it was great, uh, obviously tiring, uh, a lot of people there. Um, Not as many people, to be frank, as I expected, but it it was also more spread out. So that really helped uh, in in many ways. And and for us, it was about three things. Meeting our carrier partners who really wanted to meet with us uh, and talk about uh, our strategy, talk about their strategy and how we can work together secondarily meeting with some of our partners who use the technology, uh, especially our larger partners, including the folks at Heffernan. They announced a partnership with them about two or three weeks ago. And then I'm always looking for who are the next, let's call it two or three interesting Heffernan-like partners. And I would say that there's about three or five of them who came to us and said, hey, here's what we're looking to do. I understand this is what SEMC does. Can you help me with X, Y, or Z. And, and that was really, really fun to see. And I think, I have to say, I think that I'm really proud of our team. And, you know, we've been at this for six years. And I think we've gotten a really good reputation in the marketplace for come, people coming to us and say, is this something you can actually help us with? And, and sometimes it's no, and, and sometimes it's yes.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's funny to me, man, because I can't imagine what it's like if you've built something, developed it, turned it into what it is all those blood, sweat, and tears. And then somebody comes up to you and says, I know what you do, but could you make it do this for me? You know, right. I mean, that's the other way of looking at it. But you've changed a lot, man. I mean, I know that I, I've even seen SEMSI at this point. My good friend, John Mason at Shenango Brokers, is using yeah. you on, on his website as a value add to the agents that are going to Shenango to place business. It's interesting when you're talking about looking for those big relationships and uh, the fact that there were four or five of them out at ITC. What's driving that? What, I mean, what what yeah. drives the bigger relationship versus, yeah, I, I feel like a smaller agency, it makes sense, a lot of sense because we only have so many hours in the day. Right. A lot of the bigger agencies, not that it doesn't make sense there, but it's like trying to turn a cruise ship on a 180, you know what I mean? No, on a dime, a, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot to navigate. So what what drives that, that they're reaching out? Absolutely.
2: To your point, on the smaller agencies, look, a person can come onto their web, come to our portal. They can quote four lines of business. Most people are quoting three to four lines of business, and three to four carriers per line of business, and get it all done in twenty minutes. Right? Send submit to all those carriers and all those lines. Get it back. Figure out which one's the best one for their customer, and go on sell it. But that's a very different but yet there are some similarities with the larger partners. What the larger partners are interested in is technology to help them do a couple of things. One, make the life of their agency base easier and better. Two, these partners are oftentimes creating programs or relationships with carriers or MGAs or what have you, that they wanna coalesce into one technology in one place. And that's what we offer. And then the third piece of that is we can also offer these agencies and these partners action or we can offer them markets as a last resort if they themselves don't have a particular market. And what I think I find even more exhilarating is Every time an agency partner or a large partner comes to SEMC, we're also still introducing them to other markets. So it's not like we're being greedy. And that really shows that what we've built has become and is becoming a real good hub of activity for commercial insurance, especially for small commercial.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the other thing too, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, but, but I think about this a lot, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just simply want to go to the website and get an indication or a quote. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to my team. They just, they want to go on and, and and do it and be done with it. And an agency that doesn't have the ability for somebody to at least start a quote on their website, even though we all know we have to talk to them to get things finalized. Okay. You know, I feel like the agency that doesn't even have that starting point is missing out on just pure gold in terms of data, right? Because you get people that go in, start quotes on a website, that information can be put into your CRM for remarketing down the road or whatever else. But in the meantime, if you don't have anything, that's an opportunity to get that person's information that could lead to a future sale that you're simply going to miss because you don't have
2: the tool there. That's exactly right. So with our tool and and tools just like it, it's two things. One, to your point, how do I help engage my leads without me? Or how do I help engage my leads or my customers with me, but not necessarily where they have to talk to me every day, all day long, right? And then how does that then create data that allows me to either get them what they need business-wise, and you do a great job of giving people really great advice on how to sell workers' comp and such and what questions to ask, right? So how do you do that? And then also, how do you leverage the technology to gather the data to figure out where's the market going? Where do I need more access to markets because somebody's leaving the market? Or, hey, I didn't realize these types of businesses are starting to pop up where I'm from. I need to get a market that can be helpful, like, you know, Cannabis is big in certain areas. We just added blitz, right? And now for agents who are getting that, they've got an option. So that's absolutely right. The data, the data matters a lot, even for carriers and MGAs, the data that we have and that we can work with them on, even if they don't win the business, they can learn from it. Is it because of my coverage? Is it my price? Is it the combination of the two? And it usually is. And so even in not winning the business, you have data to win it either going forward or figure out how to maneuver and or alter your strategy to win the next time.
1: Well, I think the other thing, too, is we're in the hard market. That's not a secret. Everybody knows it at this point. And as a result of the factors of being in a hard market, a lot more people are shopping. You know, everybody wants to find out how they can save money. And I look at this from a different, little bit different point of view in that, it's honestly helping me call all the people out that weren't going to buy value to begin with. They're just looking for the cheapest price they can possibly buy. I don't want to have to pay a human being to do that for me. If, if I can do the same thing with a a tool that is going to give them what they want or disqualify them from being somebody we would normally do business with. Right. And so I think that, you know, right now, so many agencies out there, you know, look, we're in this industry, Yes, we can all make really good money making it. But most agents, if not the overwhelming majority that I talk with, tell me the same thing. And that is they're in this industry because they like to help people. And that's really what who we are at our core. It's why we're involved in our communities. It's why we volunteer and do the things we do. And so it's very difficult when you have somebody who's getting financial pressure in the form of increased premium, if they reach out to you for you to say, no, I'm sorry, you don't fit in the box of people we want to write. Right. That's right. so that actually avoids the uncomfortable conversation That's you know, right. because we, we can't deviate like i'm only good at what i'm good at i can't be all things to all people and i don't want to try to be and so i do think that if you have it have it at a point where people can go in and you know i look at it this way it's a hundred percent of the business i probably wouldn't have prospected to begin with so if we can develop begin the sales process And get far enough down the road that it makes sense and it looks like this is an account that we would work with, we would represent, even if it doesn't meet premium threshold, which I'll tell you, man, I've seen half million dollar accounts shopping online, so it's not like it's all small business either. But you know, if it doesn't meet our minimum premium threshold or whatever, we can push it into small business and let it grow from there or whatever else. But I, I think it's interesting because that's one thing that a lot of us aren't good at. We're not good at saying no. We're not good at purifying our right. funnel. We just let anything and everything go in there and we sort of sort it out through the process as opposed to only putting the good in. You can do that when you're one-on-one having conversations, intentionally cold calling, prospecting, and everything right. else. You can't do that with inbound.
2: That's right. And and David, correct me if I'm wrong, with this market as an agent who's trying to help, it's even more confusing is to where to place business because not because you don't know what you're doing, not because you don't understand the industry, but because carriers are changing. Their changes every plans. day. It changes every day. And so this is where technology more and more becomes a source of help more than it is anything else. Right. We want to make it easy for that just as you talked about technology helping the consumer, and we see that in the travel space, right? We see that in dating, we see that in all aspects of life where technology is giving the consumer more options quicker. Technology also does the same for the agent, right? If you're trying to help the customer, What technology can do is say, who's in market today, who's got the right appetite for that risk, and give me a sense of what the pricing is so I can offer the options that me as the agent, one who wants to help that small business owner, whether it's an auto body shop, an yoga studio, that restaurant, we want to give them the best value possible.
1: Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about the pivot, because when we originally had the, the first conversation on agency nations podcast the whole access to markets thing wasn't even on the table so what it brought wasn't. that about and what made what made why did that make sense to you
2: yeah good question so you know some would argue it's a pivot some would argue it's in, in the natural evolution as we were growing and we've got a few thousand agencies on our platform now and over 50 carriers as we were growing both agencies and our carrier partners were saying hey, as a carrier or as an MGA, can you help me with distribution? I'm new to the market, I've got a real great product. While on the other hand, agents were saying, hey, SEMSI, I noticed that you you've partnered with carrier A, B, and C. I don't have an appointment with them. I know they're really good. Every once in a while, I need access to them. Can you provide that? And what we realized is there was a play there for us to be this hub, between the carriers and between the agency, uh, and so that you know really made us think about hiring, uh, getting the right licensing, but then also doing what Semc does, which is to add really good technology both in the front and in the back to make that hub really work well for both the agent uh, and and the carriers. And so that's how it really got there. You know, as more and more agents were using our platform, as more and more carriers were on our platform, they were realizing that they weren't always connected to each other and they were both on our platform. So why not become again, that connector or essentially that hub of between the agent uh, or the agents, pardon me, large and small. And and these carriers, and in particular for carriers that are not always as well known, right? Obviously, people use us to get to the large national carriers, uh, but more and more they need the regionals, more and more they need the specialty, more and more they need the niche. That's where it gets really hard, right? We think of Amazon, for example, as a place that gives a lot of options to consumers. Well, on some level, what's, what we at SEMC want to be is kind of like Amazon, but for the agent, so that the agent can spend the last amount of least amount of time trying to figure out who's got appetite and pricing so that they can be what they want to be, which is that service-oriented person in their community with the small businesses, so that they can thrive.
1: Yeah. And I think it's obviously a natural progression to move in that direction, because if you're not able, I mean. There are so many people that are coming from the captive side. Let's just start there, right? right? They're coming from State Farm, they're coming from Allstate Farmers, wherever. And it is not the easiest time for you to be able to go and get an appointment with a carrier, right? That's it's also not necessarily a shoe in. You're going to be able to go to a preferred aggregator either. So, yeah. you know, the fact that there are other ways to get access to markets that will allow you to begin your, to grow your business and scale it without selling your soul is huge, right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, by the way, this is why some of those aggregators, networks, even wholesalers are also partnering with us because. They want to add technology to their offering so that when I say hub, we don't necessarily have to always be the ones placing the risk or being there, right? We want to be the hub for all of that activity. So if you as an agent have a relationship with a renaissance or, you know, Marshberry First Choice or a Shenango, as you mentioned, and others, we still want to be that hub. And then we can offer markets of last resort in many ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what's the adoption rate look like on that? Do you see that people are actually taking advantage of that since you've you've opened it up and provided market access? Because I mean, I don't know what the timeline on it was, but I mean, it's been within like the last twelve to eighteen months, right?
2: Yes, it's been since the last actually twelve months. And what we're seeing, in particular, with some of our partners, is that about fifty percent of the applications or the submissions that are going through Semsi from these uh, agencies are going to their appointed markets or our partners' markets, and then a little less than about 40% are going to markets they don't have access in either case, right? Now, it doesn't mean they bind that 40% or that 60%, right? They still have to figure out which one's the best market for their customer. But we're seeing a healthy percentage of the submissions our submissions to markets that we're providing in addition to the markets that agent has direct access to or accessing through a Shenango.
1: So I'm gonna ask you a question. I promise you, man, I'm not setting you up. So please don't think that. At- but I, I I always end up when when I talk with guys like you, I always end up with brainstorming things in my head as we're talking. So one of the things I'm thinking to myself is how awesome would it be if I were an agency principal and I am using SEMSY, but I'm using it through a third party, not necessarily directly in my agency, or I could even be using it directly in my agency. I don't know that it matters, but um, how awesome would it be if at the end of every month I got a report as far as my production and distribution Uh, Like we do from a regular carrier so that, for example, if CNA is somebody on your platform, I don't know if they're on your platform or not, but if CNA is on your platform and I don't have CNA, but I see a trend that I'm binding a bunch of CNA business through SEMSI, I feel like if I've got a little bit of ammunition, I can go to CNA and say, hey, guys, look, I'm already proven myself with you you know, what can we do to talk about me getting a direct appointment? And I understand that that may have an effect on ultimately monetization for SEMSI. If if you're able to share in that revenue or whatever else, but in a time where it's really, really hard for people to get markets, a lot of the time we just sit back and complain about it. This isn't actually a very viable solution for somebody who needs, needs other markets to flesh out their offerings in their agency to write business before they have a volume commitment that they're gonna get
2: held to. I will do one better than that. It's a great question, it makes perfect sense. We actually introduce those agents to the markets, And on top of that, there are some of the markets we work with who do real-time appointments through SEMC. Wow, there you go. That's why for us, it's about being the hub. And the hub simply means I am the connection and we are the connection between the agent and their needs and the markets. And again, we don't care if it's directly appointed, inherited as we call it from a partner like a Shenango or if it's through Semsi. But to your point, we do it all the time where we introduce a high-performing agent with a for a particular market to that market, right? By the way, in, the other side of it is also true Carriers are also using SEMC to help reach agents who are low performing because we're a much more efficient way to communicate, interact with them and try to drive up their share of wallet than the than the agencies who are already high performers. And so it can also work in the reverse. And that's what technology is for, in my view, and being the hub is about is that connection on whether that means you want to increase share of wallet because Somebody's not performing as much as they could if they're not sending you all the business they could or increasing share of wallet because, they, oh, that that's a high performing, uh, you know, Florida Risk Partners does killer job and I don't have and they're, they're not appointed with me. Let me talk to SEMC. SEMC does the introduction. Boom, they're appointed with me. Everybody's happy.
1: So it's funny, man, because I remember very vividly the first time we chatted. And one of the questions I asked you was, do you think that you will ever have a client facing widget that can be put on somebody's website? That's how long ago that was. You didn't that even was. have it yet. And we you you've, you were an internal tool that agencies were using just to simply try and get multiple quotes faster to slow to, to speed up how quickly they could turn things around and now you're you're essentially building an entire new business ecosystem to generate revenue for these agencies that's incredible yeah
2: yeah that, that's one other thing we did add to your point uh it's been a little less than a year uh we have an intake form that any agency can with a they click a button on our platform and they it's white labeled they're co-branded for them branded to them they can email it to a client they can put it on their website and it feeds directly into Semsi for that agent to work that risk and, and get and get the quotes and so you know we again we don't help the, we don't go out and get leads for the for the agents uh, but we, we, we want to give them as many tools to do that. The thing that's even more powerful, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, David, is that that tool gets also used by a lot of agents who need to do book rolls and book shaping or, hey, I just got I just lost a market who's leaving a particular state or a particular line of business or a particular class code. Hey, let me send SEMC 500 risks from this class code, and then we will, in an automated way, go out and get you from your appointed carriers, we'll get you uh, markets and we'll get you pricing so that you don't have to spend, you don't have to work each individual risk. Uh, And that's, again, leveraging that intake form. So really leveraging what we have built to be as multifaceted uh, to help the agent as possible.
1: So let me re, I'm gonna restate what I think I heard you say to make sure that I'm a hundred percent clear because I know the technology exists to be able to do this, so it'll be surprising if if it's not what I heard. But what I'm hearing is if we have a, an Excel spreadsheet or template that's mapped the data correctly to what your form would normally populate it, we could flip you over as many as 500 leads or more at one time. You can upload that into your system and it's going to do its thing.
2: That's exactly right. And and by the way, the, the what you need are less than five things, less than 10 things, pardon me, in order for us to flip that for you. You don't need everything and anything and everything, because we know that gets hard to pull out of an AMS or a CRM, um, but that's exactly right.
1: That's insane, man. So why wouldn't an agent use it? What are the objections you hear from people? Let's 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 hit that first, and then I want to hear yeah. some success stories because we're going to expel the ex- objections right out of the box. Absolutely. The, the biggest
2: objection we get isn't an objection to the concept. It's I can't access that data, which is mind blowing because it's their data, and I think and it depends on the AMS they use. They can make it easier or hard for them to act, to access it. Most agents don't have a data warehouse or a data lake where they house some of that data to make it easier to access and then to be able to implement it, right? Because we're really much more of an execution layer than anything else as this hub. Uh, So that's objection number one. Objection number two would be, oh, I have some of the data, but guess what? I don't have the class code or the description for the business. Well, you kind of need that. In order to but we who's are, going to quote that anywhere else without you exactly. having that information and so th- that's exactly right and so i've been shocked at sort of that level of, of of information being missed and to that end we are working with third-party data providers to help supplement that to make the life of the agent easier and then the other thing is they want us to limit it to like oh, only go to this with these one or two markets well If we're doing the work, we might as well not go to every market, but let's go to three to five, because invariably, even if a market you think is going to work, they're not going to take all 500, right? Because for whatever reason, so why not offer the opportunity to go to three to four of the markets that you wanted or you need to then make the right choice about, okay, for these 200, I'm going to go to this market, for these 100, I'm going to that, and, and then be able to work that way. So those are some of the objections that we get. It's really less about the concept objection, more so than what do I need to give you CEMC to be able to then do it? And then maybe the last one I would argue is people haven't done a lot of this before, so it sounds more painful than it really is. and, And I think- Dude, I don't know what's painful about
1: exporting data to a spreadsheet, emailing it to somebody and then letting them-
2: You would be surprised. You would be surprised would
1: I I know my peer group, man, it's why I can make money.
2: Right. And I think and there though there is there are agencies that that on a monthly basis are sending us hundreds, if not thousands of leads a month for us to get them market for them to shop it to back to their customer because they have to. Right. You're not going to make more money when you have to shop a, a lead or shop a risk that you are that's already in your books. So why not make it much easier and much faster?
1: Agreed. So what's on the horizon, man? What do you, I mean, what are you comfortable letting us know you think you may be doing down the road? Because there's, so I mean, I, I know you're not done.
2: Yeah, oh, we're definitely not done. We're just getting started, right? That's that's what's exciting about this. six years in and we're just getting started. Um, there are a couple more partnerships that are coming that we're very excited about. Uh, folks who are going to be leveraging our technology to build their own their own tools. We're we're going to be working with carriers in very innovative ways where carriers are going to be using our technology, in particular MGAs and newer carriers who don't have uh, portals where they could leverage SEMSI in a white label way to do so. Um, we, the third thing that I would argue is we have built a really great tool and this hub. And for this market access piece that we're building, we're going to digitize the heck out of it. And we're going to make it that much easier. We want to be the best way for anybody and everybody to quote small commercial insurance uh, and to send it to the right markets and to bind it. And so we're going to be doing a lot of exciting things on the front end to make it easier for the agent to quote, for the agent to bind, and then for the agent to service. And so that that's really what I'm excited about as we move forward.
1: What about integrations, man, with agency management systems and things like that? You know, we haven't talked about that yet. And I know that that's one thing that people are always concerned about. I don't view yes. Semzy as a rater per se. I, I view that it has a, a, a rater that's a component of it, but it's All certainly right. not a be-all end-all. What does that look like? Are there seamless integrations with AMSs right now that people could literally just immediately like turnkey quote renewals from what they have in, in terms of their yeah. system?
2: There are with some, you know, there's some of the like a Hawksoft that we work with, you know, where they're the best. Business, obviously. Yeah. Right. I'd like to
1: go on record and state that Hawksoft is the best.
2: They're, they're even terrific. even
1: regardless of technology, they're just the best people, man. Paul yeah, Hawkins has a
2: great
1: build a great family. Anyhow, all and, of that being said, if you're not on the Hawksoft, I'm sorry, I'll have to apologize
2: for you. But <laughs> that's right. Keep going. And and then, but if you are listening and you're on one of the, let's call it the big two, they have not made it easy for us yet. Um, and you could, you know, figure out why. Um, but there are ways around that. There are things that you as an agent can do uh, where you're not dependent on it. The world that I see, David, and for anybody listening is this. You shouldn't be dependent on SEMC, but you also shouldn't be dependent on an AMS or a particular CRM. You should own your data. And when you own your data, that means you're building Maybe a data warehouse or a data lake or some kind of structure that's independent from any of these tools where we can all hook into to be able to then help you execute your vision as an agent. Uh, and so where we're having a lot of success are these agencies, many of them are large, some of them are medium sized, and a few of them are small, where they've understood that. And then it allows us to then connect to their data warehouse where they actually have fuller data that can then pre-populate into SEMC. And guess what? Every time they use SEMC, we're, we're generating more data that feed, that we then feed right back into their data house and data warehouse the, and data, data-like part of me. And that's really where we're seeing the winning. We're not seeing a lot of the winning, frankly. And it's a, sore, it's a source of big frustration, I will be honest, especially with the, the big two. But I think people are learning to get around that. And at some point, the door is going to have to be open. You're going to, need, you know, in order for them, I think, to continue to grow.
1: So here's the thing, man. I can say whatever I want because I don't have sponsors on this podcast. Yeah. And I'm not speaking on behalf of Philip when I say this. But here, here's this is an actual conversation that I had with the CEO of one of the larger insurtechs out there. He informed me that the industry is consolidating and that everything is going to be vertical and there aren't going to be as many players. And that's how it's designed. And if, you know, basically tough, if you don't like that tough, that's where the industry's headed. I very directly reminded him that we are all independent for a reason. And if we don't have choice, we will end up going and creating that choice as opposed to conforming to what the industry's trying to dictate to us. And I wasn't saying it to be a jerk. I just think this person had absolutely missed the mark as to who their constituency is. We... Not every software provider for the insurance industry has every single box checked as best in class. All right. I, I don't mind calling names. Applied has great products. They have products that aren't as good. Same thing with Vertifor. Same thing with pretty much anybody else out there. This isn't about me throwing stones at any of them. They all have things they're really, really good at, and they all have things they can improve on, just like everybody else out there. The one thing that will be the, the absolute downfall Of any of these larger companies achieving their total possible potential is when they try and dictate and limit. We're just not going to do well with that, man. We are Mavericks, right? And if we weren't, it would be a whole lot easier for me to go work for a captive carrier and just sell all day. I would have no problem. It's my favorite part of the job. And that doesn't leave with me when I go home every night. No, I want to be an independent agency owner. I want to produce in an independent agency. And that means I should have choices as a result of that. And I think that that's one thing that I think falls on deaf ears. And it's one reason, I mean, I would love to be out at, you know, in SureTech Connect and all of those places, but I got an agency to run here, man. You know, and and until I get to a point where I feel like we're being heard and not just being charged,
2: what's the point? I I I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And you've got a much better perspective on it than I. The perspective that I will share with you is: as I talk to agencies, especially the large ones, they want that freedom, and it's why they're building these data lakes and data warehouses so that they can control the data. And then everything else is just about plug and play.
1: Well, I view that as what, so when I first got promoted um, way back when, when I was running grocery stores before I ever got into the insurance industry, the piece of advice that the retail operations superintendent gave me that gave that that allowed me the opportunity to run my first store was don't ever allow it to become big me little you when you're dealing with other people he said you got to be right on the same level with them you got it you've got to yeah. look them in the eye you can't make yourself you know look more important because you'll alienate the people that you need to work with you and, and for you and that's outstanding advice because that's a lot of what we see in our industry is big right. me, little you. You see it at the agency side. You see it in the acquisition side. You see it in insure tech to a certain degree. And that's just, that's not going to fly in, in the the reality in all of this is that the insurance industry, while it has moved slowly for a number of years, it is not moving slowly right now. We still might not be keeping up with a lot of other areas of technology, but we are moving at a light speed pace compared (laughs) to where we were even 10 years ago. How I took that comment when I, when I was lectured and talked to like an elementary school kid about what I needed to know about how the insurance industry works was you're not smart enough to figure this out. You're not resourceful enough to go out and figure out a different way. And I'm the type of person who takes that as motivation. That is just jet fuel in the engine for me, because you can take it to the bank. I will find another way to solve the problem at this point. And, and I think that's where a lot of it is. The other thing is hmm. we have become far more open to outsourcing things. Yes. You, know, you see way more virtual professionals being used in agencies today than ever before. And I would argue that up until probably three or four years ago even – there was probably there was a, a, an unseen bias of people who just weren't willing to go down that road, They whether it would be cultural differences or lack of trust or the fact that it wasn't somebody who was physically sitting. But. I've got offices all the way down that hall. I don't know what they're doing if I'm not standing in their office. So what's it matter if they're there or if they're on the other side of the world? Either way, my involvement is going to be exactly the same, but it's opened our eyes and it's given us a broader mind. And it's also created a network with people in other parts of the world that have skill sets that can solve these problems for Good. us. And, you know, we're getting really, really close. Like I can tell you right now, one of the trends that I've seen, and i interested if you've seen this as well but one of the trends that i've seen my agency friends that are smart enough to look for other options is robotic process automation i see a lot of needs that are not being met by any of the um agency management system people, commission reconciliation is a great one. I've talked with three different companies in the last month that all have RPA for commissions reconciliation because the product that's out there right now isn't good enough. But if you look at life sciences, if you look at medical devices and pharmaceuticals, that whole industry changed a long time ago. It used to be they would have these massive R&D labs where people would come in and they would try and invent the next great product. How many really great novel drugs is one scientist going to invent in their lifetime? Two if they're a unicorn, one if they're lucky, right? right? And so instead of spending all this money and having all this overhead, why not promote the free market economy and free thinking of people who can go out Do the fundraising, do all the legwork, get these products to where they're ready to go to market. And then you can come in and acquire them. And it's actually a cheaper cost for the acquiring company than if they would have tried to develop all of this in-house. Let somebody else take the hits on the front end. Why? I I just I, I don't understand why the insurance industry isn't more aligned with that thought process because there are there. It's pretty hard to find bigger industries th- than pharma from an R and D standpoint. Yet I see this all the time because that's one of the sectors I represent.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, and you know I know a lot of people in that space, and that's exactly right. And you're seeing M and A in pharma all the time, right? Where you know smaller drug companies or scientists or what have you. Um, so I think, and, and I think there are two things that you said that make. Uh, a lot of things you said that make a lot of sense, but two things I want to harp on. One is RPA. We've been using robotic process automation since day one. We use it for carriers who don't have APIs. And now we're using it to help agencies create proposals. And now we're helping agencies. So you can see that for us, RPA is a fundamental part from the beginning just to get you quotes at with carriers who don't have an API. And then now how do we help you create a proposal? How do we help you win the business? And and then ultimately, how do we help you service it? So I think that's fundamental. And when you began the your, your your comments, the thing that I thought about was when we started this company, I told all of our investors and I told our our I told our team we're always going to respect the agent because they are the key customer, no matter how big we think the carriers could write a check or whatever. And I tell that to all of our carriers. I love you. Want to partner with you? Want to work with you? But our customer is the agent. That we have to do them right, or it won't work. And ultimately, one of the things I learned about this industry is, I think agents have been making bad technology look good for a long time. So I never bought into the idea that agents were actually adverse to technology, right? If it's the opposite, they've had no. They're adverse to bad technology.
1: technology. Yeah, we've been In- adverse to bad
2: technology, but forced right. to use it. Correct, and have used it. Successfully, despite the fact that it's not efficient, it's not as it makes your life better. And so, imagine if you come in and actually give them something that actually works.
1: Yeah, it, it's just it's we're in a in an interesting time, and in, in you know, I I feel like probably two or three years ago. We were real close to being like Silicon Valley. Like if you had an insure tech and an idea, you, you had VCs and angels just throwing Damn money, it. throwing money at people. That money's dried up. So I yeah. think that you know they're becoming more judicious in what it is they're gonna back and get behind. And I mean, we've even seen this on the acquisition side, agency acquisition slowed down to a certain degree too, because the cherry picking's over. I think the same thing's true with the insuretech man. And it's no different than being a salesperson. If you're a salesperson, the way that you grow your book and scale is you constantly have to keep pumping new opportunities into the top of your pipeline and work in the process and let the yield be what it is. Insuretech's no different. We need to act on these ideas. We need to collaborate with as many people as we can because we got to keep this snowball going downhill and continuing to build the momentum in the change that's happening in the insurance industry now. But the only way that's going to happen is we keep – acting on the ideas that we have. So if you're an agent out there listening to this, think about the the three or four things every day that you gripe about. What are the things that stink about your job? What are the problems yeah. that aren't being solved? And then let's figure out a way to, to find out how we can solve Absolutely. these problems. That That's it. Like, it's not really that complicated. No, it's
2: not. My only ask for that is when you're the, that agent to also be patient because it can't be solved in a day. And you have to understand that it is an iterative process, right? The mo- much of what you are using, whether it's your AMS or talking to or if we're talking to carriers, they've been around for centuries, some of them, right? And sure tech's been around 10, 15 years. And so that you know, there's a level of, of patience that it also requires and, and feedback. And one of the things that we do and we try to do incredibly well, is we ask for a lot of feedback and we act on it. Every time you use 70, it's got to be a better experience for
1: you. Yeah. And I I mean, that puts you in an awkward position to a certain degree, too, because you have to be careful. You can't be a yes man when that's the case. Absolutely. Because I've seen it. It's an absolute disaster when you've got a company that's taken feedback, which I think everybody should. And I think we should all be willing to give that feedback. It's only going to make it a better experience for everybody. The problem lies in the fact that, Companies are under financial pressure to get users, to keep people on their platform. So rather than saying no, they string them along and it just makes it even worse. You know, That's right. in, you know, from from my point of view, if I were in your seat, I'm, I'm going to have to have a firm no, and I'm going to have to know where yeah. I draw the line at all times, because otherwise you end up making a problem 20 times worse by trying to accommodate everybody.
2: Absolutely. No, we are very good at telling what we can't do because we want to be great at what we can do. And that that's that's incredibly important for us. Um, and, and obviously we will continue to evolve, but the evolution starts with a need from the agent and or our carrier partners and as the hub, exercising it to sort of continue to increase the throughput for the industry generally.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we're coming up on almost the top of the hour. What have we missed that you want to make sure we get out there?
2: You know, I think we've covered a lot. So again, I appreciate both the time and, and your great questions. And, and and as always, love listening to what you, even if it's, if it's not about semsi, I love just listening to your advice and the way your mind works. Um, because it it helps me make sure that we stay focused on on helping the agent as well. And so I think the only thing I would say is, you know, we've got a lot coming in terms of some of the new features and functionality. We've got a heck of a lot more uh, partners in terms of carriers coming and in particular sort of niche players. right? We just added uh, Blitz, like I said, in cannabis, we added cross cover. Uh, We're going to be adding a lot more of these niche players where hard to place business you know, gets there. The only thing I would say that might be a bit of a caveat is we're getting more and more questions around personal lines. And that's something we have tried to stay away from. Um, but it is something that we may have to think about, not your traditional personal lines, but in reality, the niche stuff that's also hard to place. And that's something that that we are giving some thought. But again, our main focus continues to be. So maybe that's breaking news. But, but in many ways, what, what we're really focused on is, is commercial.
1: Good deal, man. Well, listen, I'm proud of what you guys have accomplished, man. It's been a lot. I mean, we met a couple of years ago and it's amazing just to see how the product is morphed. Yeah. And that's certainly a, a reflection of the team that you've put together and even more directly, your leadership and your vision for the product as it continues to evolve. So kudos to you for that, man. And if you're out there and you're not using Semzy right now, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, lady? Come on. Reach out to these guys. You're going to be on the outside looking in. And right now we need every tool we can possibly get to give us a leg up on the competition. Everybody's shopping and you don't need to be spinning your wheels. So reach out to Philippe and his team today. How do they get a hold of somebody, man? If they want to do a demo or they just, they're like, you know what? I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm ready to roll.
2: It's easy. Info at com. So I-N-F-O at SEMSEE, dot com. You can even reference this podcast uh, and me and I'll, I'll make it real sweet for you.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Well, listen, everybody reach out, at least check it out if nothing else, but you're getting ready to roll into that one, one renewal cycle. And I would imagine you want to make that as smooth as possible. And SEMSI's here to do that for yeah, you. Yeah, we're, we're here to help. Outstanding. All right, we're going to wrap this episode up. Everybody, we will catch you next week. See ya.
0: You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, level. check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.